Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options see homedepot.com slash delivery for details the home depot how doers get more done it took 11 years to get to the sale the nix anniversary sale is on now at knix.com celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of nix's biggest sales of the year Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Hi, hello, welcome. This is Let's Talk About Myths, baby. I'm Liv, and I like to talk about mythology and the feminism or lack thereof in that mythology. It's kind of my thing. Last week, you'll recall that I told you the story of the origin of men and of fire and of Prometheus totally biting the bullet on behalf of humanity. Thanks, Prometheus, you did us a solid. Well, humankind couldn't exactly last long without women. There's a certain issue they just couldn't overcome. This is episode 22. Pandora had a jar and the snake people of early Athens. Well, the gods have created men. Epimetheus made them fairly useless and Prometheus had risked everything to give them fire. Just so that they weren't, you know, entirely useless or... Rather, that they had something to help them be less useless. Something to help them survive, to cook, to warm themselves, to protect themselves. Something to use to fire clay, to forge weapons. Important shit. And so things were better for humans for a while. 
They could survive and evolve, but only so much, because, you know, they couldn't exactly reproduce. Again, there were only men. So I imagine they were also pretty sexually frustrated. But maybe they didn't even know what that was. Ignoring all that, let's just take a moment to remember how vindictive the gods are, and how prone to boredom they can be. So it wasn't long before Zeus and the other gods got bored, and because they were bored, they wanted to fuck shit up once more. It's their thing. This time, it was more than that, though. Zeus was hell-bent on keeping humans from succeeding and growing and evolving. He'd already tried pretty hard to keep that from happening when he took fire away, but Prometheus had ruined that. And so Zeus came up with another way to do this. He found a way to distract humans, to keep them from thinking about their potential. And he came up with a simple and all-encompassing way to do it. Zeus had the god Hephaestus sculpt a piece of clay, and put into it all the faculties that the men created by Epimetheus and Prometheus had. The difference would be that this one would be female. So he had Hephaestus mirror the beauty of the Olympian goddesses in this female piece of clay. Zeus asked Athena to teach her, quote, womanly skills, which sounds sexist as fuck, and he had Aphrodite give her grace and allure, because, you know, that's all women really need. Personally, I pride myself on my womanly skills, my grace, and my allure. God, I can't even try to pull that off. I have zero womanly skills, and I am 100% okay with that. Back to this disturbing account of how women apparently should be, according to this book of Greek myths that I've been using recently and typically like. Quote, Hermes gave her the mind of a lying bitch and the temperament of a thief. I don't even have words to describe how I feel about that quote published in a book from 2007. It doesn't even sound like something that's fully carried over from the source material. I just... whatever. Anyway, this is how the ancient Greeks felt about the first female, and frankly it's pretty reminiscent of many other religions out there. Women exist to be bitches who ruin everything. With that, all the gods had contributed to this first female, and so Zeus gave her life. And he named her Pandora, which means all gift. He gave her this name because all the gods had helped to make her, and her gift was to fuck up the lives of the men on Earth. Again, this is the first woman. With his brother away chained to a mountain, being repeatedly pecked and eaten by an eagle, Epimetheus was kind of on his own in the world. He lived on Olympus with the gods, sure, but he wasn't really one of them. He was a titan, and there was a certain distance between the Olympians and the titans. In fact, Prometheus had warned his brother never to take anything from the Olympians because of this distance. It's really more of a disdain than a distance. The Olympians had, after all, risen up against the titans and locked the majority of them in hell. But Epimetheus being, well, who he was, he forgot about this warning from his brother, and so when Zeus offered him Pandora to be his wife, Epimetheus took the offer without a second thought. Because, you know, you don't turn down the offer of a woman who hasn't at all expressed interest in you herself. Why would you? Up to this point, the men on Earth didn't have emotions, or really any issues, in the way that we have them now. They didn't have crime, or work, or sickness. They didn't have any human problems. Pandora, our first female, was given a jar, 
And that jar was full of all the bad things that befall humans. It was full of all emotions, good, bad, and useless. And yes, it was a jar and not a box. There was no box. Pandora went with Epimetheus, and they lived on Earth with the humans. Pandora had her jar, and she also had curiosity. Up to now, humans had no curiosity. The gods, it seemed, intended this curiosity to be a female thing, something bad that she would bring to the humans. Thankfully, though, curiosity is a fucking good thing, and so we can all feel grateful that it was a so-called female thing. In this curiosity, Pandora opened that jar. A jar that she was told not to open. The gods, of course, were counting on this curiosity to win out. When Pandora opened the jar, everything escaped and flooded the world with a bunch of bullshit. Basically, everything bad that we have now is attributed to this moment, the moment when a woman was curious and opened a jar. Everything escaped except hope. Hope was left trapped in that jar. The ancient Greeks believed that all the bad, all the trouble in the world came from the first woman. The first woman ruined it all. And that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure even if women weren't treated like garbage that was there to be raped and impregnated. They thought so highly of us. The ancient Greeks believed that there had been a number of ages of humankind. Each race had ended with a catastrophic event of some kind. It's a fascinating belief system. I mean, who knows if they knew something they couldn't have possibly known back then. It's a little too reminiscent of, you know, dinosaurs and catastrophe there. The first age was during the reign of Cronus. At that time, there was the golden race of humans. They sprung fully formed from the earth. They didn't need to work or to hunt or to cook. Earth had everything available for them, just right there, ready to go. They also didn't get old. They were always perfect, until one day they just died peacefully. They came before animals, because, of course, those had been created by Zeus and the Olympians. So this was a race of humans pre-Epimetheus' creation. It was the type that sprung from the Earth. And there were no women. Then there were the Silver and the Bronze Ages of humans. They were the first to benefit from Prometheus's gift of fire, so they were the groups created by Epimetheus. But they were no good either. The Silver Age were pretty to look at, but dumb as rocks. They were immature and entirely useless, so Zeus did away with this race entirely. The next, the Bronze Age, weren't much better. They were giant, muscular men with massive bodies, but they too were dumb as rocks. They were only interested in war, and they nearly wiped themselves out. Oh, and the reason these races of men were named after metals is that they believed that their skin was literally made of those metals. Weird, to say the least. Zeus sent a flood to finally wipe out the Bronze Age of humans, but our friend Prometheus made sure that this wouldn't succeed. He had a son, Deucalion, and Epimetheus and Pandora had a daughter, Pyrrha. Deucalion and Pyrrha repopulated the Earth after the Flood, and so they're considered the ancestors of the entire human race that came next, so the human race that we know of. Prometheus warned his son Deucalion that there was an impending Flood. In preparation, and 
maybe this will sound familiar, Deucalion built an ark. Though far less generous than Noah, this ark was basically just a giant coffin that would float. It was only big enough for Deucalion and Pyrrha, and provisions to keep them alive while they waited it out. No two by two here. (laughs) Zeus prepared the earth for this planned flood. He locked up most of the winds so that they couldn't shift the clouds or get rid of them entirely. He locked up all but the south wind, the wettest of the wind. This wind had a foggy-looking white beard that dripped rain. His eyebrows were angry storm clouds. The rain fell heavily and quickly. It drowned the crops almost immediately. It flooded fields. Zeus asked Poseidon to help. Poseidon caused all the rivers and the streams and the lakes to overflow. The water tore apart forests and washed away animals and people and structures. It wasn't long before only mountains peaked above the raging waters. Deucalion and Pyrrha were safe in their small boat-ish thing. On the tenth day of the flood, they hid on land. It was Mount Parnassus. The tip was just above the waterline. It was the first land they'd seen in days, or the first anything, really. On top of the mountain, they found a sanctuary to the goddess Themis, and they prayed to her to save the human race. The goddess told them, quote, You and your wife are to veil your heads, and as you walk from my sanctuary, throw behind you the bones of your mother. Of course, this lacks a certain level of clarity. What the fuck is she talking about? Deucalion and Pyrrha asked themselves. They wanted to help, but, like, what did that mean? They didn't have the bones of their mothers on hand, weirdly enough, so what could they do? Finally, they left the sanctuary, and instead of actual bones... They threw behind themselves stones. They decided those were the bones of Mother Earth. They were deep thinkers, those two. Gaia bones. As each stone landed, it liquefied like the bad guy in Terminator 2 and took shape. The stones that Deucalion threw behind him sprung up into men, and from Pyrrha there were women. The waters began to recede, and the animals came up from the mud. And that was the next age the age of heroes, the age that basically all myths are from. References to the ages themselves are actually rare, much like the Titanomachy, it's kind of mythical myth. Something that took place in the mythology, before even the standard myths themselves. Deucalion and Pyrrha had a son, Helen, that's with two L's. From him, all the Greeks are descended. Ancient Greeks called themselves Hellenes. The word Greek didn't really exist. That's where they get the word Hellenism, which refers to the concept, the character, everything of the Greeks, though mainly the ancient Greeks. Helen had even more sons, Doris, Aeolus, and Zeuthis, whose own sons were Ion and Achaeus. These sons are important because from them came the tribes of Greece that we know. The Dorians, the Aeolians, the Ionians, and the Achaeans. From them, all the Greeks are descended in their minds, both the mythological and the historical. This was the mythological beginnings of the ancient Greek world, at least 
the beginnings of the humans in the ancient Greek world. And of course, the most famous region for the ancient Greeks is that of Athens. And Athens, too, has its own mythological beginnings. The original founder of Athens was Cecrops. Theseus, of course, is the founder of the great city of Athens. He founded it as the major central city that it was. But it did exist before Theseus, founded by Cecrops generations before Theseus came around. And keep in mind, this is the mythological founding of Athens. Cecrops was born from the Athenian earth itself. He was top half man and bottom half snake, or sometimes fish even. He's said to have taught the Athenians about marriage, reading, and writing. He's a revered figure in the mythological canon of the region. It was during Cecrops' reign that a famous argument erupted between Athena and Poseidon. They were fighting over which of them would be the patron god of Athens, the guardian of the city. Poseidon made his first argument by slamming his trident into the solid ground of the Acropolis. He split the rock, and from there a spring erupted and poured out, providing fresh water to the city. Athena, though, on her side, made the first olive tree sprout from the earth. Olives are what Athenian success is built off of. Olives are the shit, my friends. And I'm not just saying that because they're my favorite food and my name means olive in a bunch of languages. This gift of the olive tree was the winner. Olive trees provided food, oils, wood, endless uses for the Athenians. On one visit to Athens, I was wandering the Agora, the area that surrounds the Acropolis, with my mom. And the paths all around there look like they're covered in tiny pebbles. The area itself is covered in olive trees. So I quickly realized that it's not just pebbles that cover the paths, it's desiccated olives and the pits that remain after they've decomposed. That place is made of olives. It's incredible. And so the Athenians picked Athena, and they chose their city name accordingly. Athena is the patron deity of Athens, and they built the Parthenon in her honor. The word Acropolis, where all of this took place, comes from the name Cecrops. Like Cecrops, the next king of Athens was born from the earth. His name is Erichthonius, and he too was bottom half serpent. The ancient Greeks loved a bottom half non-human. Unlike Cecrops, Erichthonius has a grosser origin. He was born from the ground like Cecrops, sure, but it wasn't exactly spontaneous. Hephaestus was in Athens, and acting like a powerful man in Hollywood, he exposed himself to Athena, and when she didn't go along with his super inappropriate and weird behavior, he spent himself on the ground, and from there grew Erichthonius, which is just gross. Athena apparently took pity on this kid, and she took him and put him in a safe for safekeeping. You know, as you do with infants. She then got two snakes to guard over the baby in the box, also, as you do. She then gave the baby in the box to Cecrops' daughters, but she warned them not to look inside. As with all the stories of women in ancient Greek mythology, we're told they didn't listen, they got too curious, and they looked inside. The sight drove them insane, and they threw themselves off the Acropolis. 
Strong female characters are everywhere, guys. It's almost too much to deal with. Too many strong and realistic female characters. Once this happened, Athena decided to raise Erichthonius herself until he was old enough to take over the kingdom of Athens. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Pandion was the next king of Athens, and Procne and Philomela were his two daughters. Procne was married to Tereus, who was king of Thrace. She lived in Thrace with him, and they had a son, Itis. Tereus is one of the worst mythological figures, at least in my opinion. Philomela was visiting her sister in Thrace when Tereus raped her. And unlike the many instances of rape that Zeus commits or the countless other males in Greek mythology, this one is special. Tereus recognizes that it was wrong, but he doesn't care. He didn't want Philomela to be able to tell anyone what he had done to her, and so he cut out her tongue and locked her away in the dark depths of a nearby forest. Tereus told his wife, Procne, that her sister had simply run away. 
Philomela, though, was a fucking badass survivor, and she needed to tell her story. She wove her story into a tapestry, and she gave the tapestry to a servant who serves her in the dark forest. She had a servant, apparently. She had the servant take the tapestry to her sister, who understood immediately what her sister was telling her. But Procne realized that she couldn't act quickly as much as she wanted to. She had to come up with a plan. When the time came for the women in Thrace to worship Dionysus by celebrating those drunken, insane mysteries I've referenced before, Procne realizes her opportunity. The celebration brought her out into the forest, and so she took the opportunity to rescue her sister Philomela. She brought her back to the palace and hid her away. And together, they plotted revenge against Tereus. They decided they would punish him by killing Itis, Procne and Tereus' son. Misplaced anger, perhaps, but it would do the trick. The two women killed Itis, cooked him, and served him to Tereus to eat. As I've said before, as awful as many of the things the Greek mythological figures did, the number one unforgivable sin was consuming flesh, particularly one's family. Or human flesh, I should say. Tereus realized what he was eating, but too late. And he lost his shit. He chased the women around the palace. The gods intervened, and all three of them were transformed into birds. For Procne and Philomela, it was punishment for killing Itis, but it was also a means of helping them escape Tereus. The gods realized that while they were to blame, so was he. Procne was transformed into a nightingale, and so at night she mourns her son. And Philomela was transformed into a swallow, trying to make noise to display her sadness, but tongueless, and so only producing a soft, gurgling sound, which is, I guess, the sound a swallow makes. I didn't know. Learning. Tereus, with his helmet and sword, was transformed into a hoopoe, which is a thing I don't ever remember having heard in my life, even though I've read this myth before. I googled it. It has markings on its head, so there's the helmet, and a long and narrow beak. Longer even than a hummingbird's, I think. So there's a sword. Pandion, father of Procne and Philomela, and still king of Athens, was eventually killed by drunken peasants, which I'd say is one of the better ways to go in Greek mythology. Pandion had a son, though, too, Erechtheus, and so he was the next king of Athens. And during his reign, war befell Athens. It was started by Eumolpus, king of Eleusis and son of Poseidon. Erechtheus was told that Athens would fall if he didn't sacrifice one of his daughters. Age-old story, am I right? Kill them daughters, fathers. And so just like that, Erechtheus and his wife were convinced that they were faced with the sacrificing of their daughter, because they don't ever give that shit a second thought. It's only a woman, after all. They gave their consent, and that way, the Erenues wouldn't have anything to torment them for. Easy peasy. Even with the sacrifice, though, there was still a battle. Erechtheus killed Eumolpus, but in turn was killed by Poseidon himself. Poseidon cracked open the earth with his trident and threw Erechtheus into the chasm. And so, this line of Athenian kings born from the earth died the same way. Oh, and yeah, this entire line of kings from start to finish were bottom half snake. Mm -hmm. 
Heraclius had other daughters, some that he didn't have to sacrifice. And one of them was named Procris. She was married to a man named Cephalus, who was a son of Hermes. Procris and Cephalus loved each other so much that they swore they wouldn't have sex with anyone else, which, frankly, just sounds like marriage vows. But I guess in ancient Greece, it's an added vow you have to make. Honestly, it makes sense given what we know. But there's a problem with this vow, because Eos, goddess of the dawn, was also in love with Cephalus. Eos convinced Cephalus to put his wife's fidelity to the test, which is absurd and proves that Cephalus is simply a dick. Eos disguised Cephalus as another man, a stranger. She gave him gifts and told him to go try to seduce his own wife. Cephalus, in disguise, offered Procris more and more gifts every day, all in exchange for breaking her vows to her husband. Every day she refused, because unlike her dick husband, Procris was actually a solid woman. But he tried and he tried and he tried, and eventually Procris gave in. As soon as she had, Cephalus revealed himself. Embarrassed and distraught, Procris ran away to the island of Crete, where she met King Minos. Minos also fell in love with Procris, but... And this is where I read the first thing in the history of Greek mythology that made me exclaim out loud, Ew. Gross. Minos had been cursed by his wife, Pasiphae. Pasiphae had cursed him so that whenever he had sex, instead of what should come out of his penis after sex, instead, little snakes and tiny scorpions came out. And this is both disgusting and weird and proves that Pasiphae is the most creative woman in all of Greek mythology. Not only did she want to have sex with a bull so badly that she came up with the idea of a bull seducing contraption, but she also cursed her husband with the absolute most disgusting and disturbing sexual curse ever. Procris, though, cured Minos of this disgusting predicament, and in return, he gave her gifts that Artemis had given him. A javelin that never missed and flew back like a boomerang, and a dog that always caught its prey. Healing Minos and these gifts gave Procris the bravery she needed to return to Athens. She disguised herself as a nobleman, 12th night style. She became friends with her husband, disguised as this man, and they went hunting together in the mountains. Cephalus was a greedy man, on top of being generally awful, and so, of course, he quickly wanted the things that Procris had, the javelin and the dog. Every day he offered her more and more in return for her giving him these gifts, but she wouldn't go for it. Finally, she suggested, give me that thing hanging between your legs, and only then will I give you this javelin and the dog. Cephalus was a bit thrown, but he seriously wanted the javelin and the dog, and so he went for it. In the bedroom, Procris finally revealed herself. This was apparently the thing that got them back together. Maybe Procris deserved Cephalus. I mean, what the fuck? But even though they were back together, there was still some distrust. Not surprising, this is also fucked up. Cephalus would go out hunting with his wife's javelin, and then he would get tired and hot, and he would call on some clouds to give him shade. 
I guess you could just call on clouds to do your bidding in that time. It's pretty cool. But one day he was overheard by an attendant. As it turns out, the word for cloud, Nephili, is also a name. And the attendant told Procris that Cephalus had actually been calling out for a woman named Nephili. Procris didn't trust him for shit. And so the next time he went out hunting, she followed him. She hid in the bushes and watched him, but she stepped on a twig and Cephalus heard the sound. Without thinking, assuming it was an animal, Cephalus threw the javelin and it never missed its mark. It hit Procris, pierced her heart, and pulled it away and threw her as it flew back to Cephalus like a boomerang. He caught the javelin with the heart still stuck on it, and he realized what he'd done. He banished himself from Athens, and that's when he arrived in Thebes with the javelin and the dog, and he met Heracles, appearing in the first part of the Heracles series just a few weeks back. you have it. Countless more instances of women being screwed over or put in garbage situations, the wonders of Greek mythology never cease. Of course, let's be honest, the myths are the best things in the world. I only wish there were more examples of good things happening to women or just decent female characters, period. Happy holidays, my friends. I'm going to be going on a little break for the holiday season. I'm also moving to a new city, so it's a good time to take a couple of weeks off and give myself time to pack my life up, including my hugely troubling collection of books. Last time I moved, I had 30 boxes of books, and the collection has only grown since then. I have a problem that's not really a problem. So I'll be back after New Year's, and there'll be a new episode probably on January 9th, And I think you'll enjoy where we're going to go. As usual, I'd be immensely grateful if you would rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I mean, do that if you liked it. If you didn't like it, you can feel free to keep it to yourself. Also, I thought I'd just let you in on a little podcasting secret. So iTunes gives you zero insight into how your podcast is doing. Every stat I have is from outside the iTunes program, and that includes reviews. I check them like everyone else, like searching and looking for it that way. But what that means is that I can only see reviews from my own country because they're country specific. But I am so grateful for all your reviews and they make me so happy that I have my one friend who lives in America, lovely, lovely Dina. I have her check my reviews and send me screenshots. So know that they're appreciated and that I bother a friend regularly just to send me screenshots of the reviews that you leave. Thank you all again. You're all magnificent. I'm Liv, and my god, I really, I fucking love this shit. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com.
The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine washable, and great looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's KNIX.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's KNIX.com.